Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our take on it. My name is Deborah, and we have Jackie in the studio. And today, our topic is going to be fire. And I know a lot of people don't talk about it, not in church. Hell, we don't even talk about it on a daily basis. Yeah. But Salt and Pepper did talk about, let's talk about sex, baby. But we're not doing that, you know, like secularly. We're going to do it from a spiritual angle, as well as tied into today's modern world. Yeah. And Jackie, we're going to talk about adultery and fornication. All right. And you have such a beautiful biblical reference to start this show off. Why don't you get into that? Okay, I'm going to read from you. I'm going to read for you Proverbs 7, and this lays the scenario beautifully. It says, while I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Mm. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He is away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. And the Bible says specifically here, don't lust for a woman's beauty. Okay, don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Whoa. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? <laughs> Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? Can he? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. Who em he who embraces her will not go unpunished. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's jealous husband will be furious, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation, nor be satisfied with a payoff of any size. Wow. Now, interestingly, Jackie, let me just get right into this before I lose my train of thought there. Now, that was beautiful. I believe, who was that? He was, he was talking about just a man and this woman, right? Yes. Now, Here's the thing. A lot of women, and I, I hate to genderize, but let's just do this for, for, for sake. A lot of women take their position when they know a man is married and they will still try to get in there. They know they have the power to not pursue 
and they know they have the power to pursue. Oh, definitely. And they are pretty aggressive. And, I, I will say yes. pursuing is probably at the top of their list if they see the type of man that they want to target. Absolutely. Oh, yes, for sure. Absolutely. Once they get um, a glimpse or even a nudge that that man shows some sort of interest, I'm sorry, baby, but you have just lost your husband or your wife because there are men who are just as aggressive as women yep. to get what they want. And it is of no consequences to them as long as they get their little heart's desire. Yeah. And that is so what the Bible is saying is be aware. Be aware. And sometimes it's less direct too, Jeb, which I think is interesting because you could be, say, in a workplace environment and sometimes adultery starts very subtly. Yeah. You know, that uh, say, for example... You know, the man, you know, could choose to discuss his personal business with a woman that he works with in a close way. Yeah. And so she is just taking it in very slowly, you know, seeing the little gaps in his relationship or the fact that maybe he has time constraints or issues where he and his wife don't get together as often. So she's already made, uh, you know, a mental note of what's going on with mm -hmm. him. And slowly she starts to make herself available at the uh, coffee breaks and then she's gradually meeting him in elevators, you know, mm -hmm. and the chit chat is continuing. And slowly, eventually, they wind up at lunch and who knows, near a hotel room. And one thing leads to another and the adulterous relationship begins. Yes. So it can manifest itself in so many different ways. But these days, adultery is on the rise. Oh, it is on the rise, yeah. including polygamy. Yeah. I mean, and we're not saying that back, this is just a millennium thing. This has been way back in David and Solomon days, you know, David and Bathsheba, Solomon and his concubines, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now fast forward to, to, to 2020, 2021, like this is nothing, but, but what about what's to come? What's to come? You know, in Africa, in the African culture, you're allowed to have many wives. Yeah. Well, I just feel like you don't have to be an African anymore. Because on the fornication side of things, where you're not married, a man is allowed to have more than one woman. He and sleeps around with more than one woman. Yep. Most of them do. You know? And, and the truth is, the men can be very discreet in keeping this concealed. But if a woman finds out about it, she's more likely to go after the woman than she is the man. You exactly. know what I mean? She's like, you're trying to take my man. She doesn't look at the fact that this SOB has got eight women that he's sleeping yeah. with and he's the bad person, you know, not the one woman who is one of many. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, women as women, we, we tend to always go after the weaker link, Yeah, you know, because we don't, we're protecting what we love. We don't want to lose what we have because if we attack the man, we feel like he might end up leaving us for her. Exactly. So it's better to go and chase the woman away. Yeah. Hoping that, he will stay, but then he just rolls over to the other one. And and usually those men don't keep one chick in their pocket. They have many. That's just one you found out about. There are many. Now, let's talk about adultery. And let me tell you something. I am guilty of adultery. And that is mental adultery, by the way. When I was married, I used to fantasize about Will Smith, you know, you know. I mean, I, it's real. Neil on Young and the you Restless. Know Neil, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's real. You know what I mean? In my mind, I have well, fantasized. Well, the, the scriptures do say that. So yeah. let's get right to the point. The scriptures say that any man who looks at a woman lustfully has committed uh, mental adultery. So he is he has been unfaithful in his mind. So he's actually thinking about 
you know, cheating, what it would be like to be with that woman. He's, he's mentally making that real for himself. Speaking of that, did the Bible say if a woman look on a man lustfully, she has committed adultery? Because I believe it's just only men. Yeah. The, which, which is kind of like, because when you, when you really think about it, the women yeah. now are actually the ones who are more aggressive. I think so. I would agree with you. Yep. Adultery. Yep. And they're very secretive about doing it. Like you, a man will slip up and he get caught, but a woman will take years for her to get caught unless she wanted for you to know. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, come on. And let's talk about the church for a second. You said you did your research. 70% of Christians believe in fornication yeah, so before marriage. Premarital sex is no big deal for them. Who so, are these people? Yeah, Who are so, these 70? Yeah, so here... Here is the thing. These people are, are going to church and they're calling themselves Christians. They're reading the Bible, but yet they're not following biblical standards and they don't feel At that they have, a, they have a moral obligation to live that way. So sleeping with someone before they marry them is fine. But here is the thing. The Bible is very clear that if you get married, marriage, marriage should be for life. Yes. And, and it's a very serious commitment, one that is not honored today. But take it even further, Deb, that it's been proven, too, that a lot of couples who not only have sex before marriage, but live together, uh, you know, in a very pronounced sexual way for, mm -hmm. for years before they commit to marriage, the marriage fails shortly after. Absolutely. So having sex before marriage is not the key to a successful union, you know, among couples. Do you remember it's that not. story? Remember that story about in Matthew 5, 27, 28, that adulterous woman and the priests and everybody wanted, the Pharisees wanted to stone her to death. And, and God said, you know, any one of you who have not sinned, cast the first stone. And I know we all tends to look at each other's life and try to judge a point finger to say, here's an adulterer, here's an adulterer. But the majority of us, truth be told, are pretty much in their bucket. Yeah. We're in their bucket. But we're very good at quoting scriptures to people who may not know scriptures and cannot defend themselves um, when it comes to scriptures. But are we the ones who are quoting the scriptures, living the scripture? Are we living? Are we true um, testimony of the scripture? Yeah. Because true. a lot of Christians who are committing um, fornication and adultery will be the one on the pulpit telling us, not to do it. That's true. And then behind mm -hmm. closed doors, they're sending me text messages. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, I'll be able to call them out if they did me that. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, because you're supposed to be leading by example. You're not supposed to be leading me to hell. Let me find it for myself. You're supposed to be there to help me and guide me. Take me to heaven. Tell me about God's word. And that's why you said earlier, there's a lot of wolf in sheep's clothing. There's a lot of false prophets. There's a lot of false teachers out here. And the Bible talks about that. It does. You know, for 70% of Christians to believe in fornication, what does that tell you? What, what, what is the future of our church? Well, we have to admit, Deb, that when you see the rise in adultery and, and polygamy, and polygamy is a big one because polygamy is actually done under the guise of, of religious principles. Yes. But people think that by being polygamous, you know, uh, it's quite popular in, in the Mormon religion. And, you know, they actually think that there's a spiritual blessing for that, that they don't see it as ungodly. Mm -hmm. You know, for one man to be in a household with three or five women, you know, alternately sleeping with each one of them, producing children, and they're still considering this just a, an ordinary family unit. No, that's not an ordinary family unit. Not when you have multiple partners like that. That's like concubines. 
Well, you know, just recently I was watching this interview with Will Smith and Jada Smith's daughter, Willow, and she said she, in her girl, in her girl group, she has the least amount of sex. However, she's very much open to the uh, polygamous uh, relationship because she feels like if she's not open to having sex with her husband every night, who is she to tell to deny him of his pleasure? She might as well have somebody so, else. So out he's got there. somebody else. Right in the same yeah. environment that can meet his needs if she doesn't feel like meeting it. Exactly. I mean, Bill Gates and Melinda had that sort of arrangement. He met Anne, who was a very smart tech in Microsoft. and But Anne was married at the time. So even though they were having an affair, you know, Anne couldn't marry Bill. And Bill found Melinda and he asked Anne and said, look, I found this beautiful woman. And, you know, what should I do? Because you're married. They go ahead and marry her. So Anne had to give him permission to marry Melinda with with the promise that they will spend every year on vacation away in her beach house. And that's what's been happening for the last 27 years. Wow. So as Melinda look at that, she's like, why am I in this relationship? But she was smart. Her, her, her vision was much bigger because now she's a billionaire. Exactly. You know, yeah. but money is not it because money will buy you anything, but wisdom will save your life. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, I have to say, Deb, that when I see this, adultery running rampant and I see fornication being something that's so commonplace and that people don't really care about, you know, looking at their body as a temple. They're just looking at sex and, and they're just trying to fulfill, you know, the lusts of the flesh, you know, that the, the spirit may know what direction you should follow, but people just want to do it because it feels good. And that's all that matters to them. And I think that we're, we're really glorifying a lot of, of moral destruction. And, you know, it's all about the self these days. It's a real selfishness resulting in a lot of indulgence and perversion. Okay, we're seeing the breakdown of relationships like we've never seen before. And I think the problem is a lot of people are in the same kind of mess that they were years ago. They're dealing with the same kind of crazy exploitation, bad relationships. They, they, they're dealing with the same kind of people, the same kind of problems. People aren't going for any standards. They're not willing to uh, eliminate that sense of, uh, well, they're not really willing to die to themselves and, and just deny themselves things. People want to snap their fingers and they want everything right away. They don't want to uh, make any sacrifices for long-term gain. And I think this is, is making sex very lawless. And well, well, let's look at it from this perspective here. We live in a world that is very over-sexualized, okay? You turn on your TV, you see two people are making out. You go on TikTok, you see them shaking their, their what's, whatsoever God gave them naked. You, 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 then we have pornography in there. Then we have, you know, just regular people seeing them at the, the corner. You look at the school girls. There's a good thing COVID is out now. Otherwise, you would have seen them at the bus shed. They're making out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, everywhere we turn, there is sex surrounding us. So it is such a hard thing to deny that unless you know what, like, unless you know for yourself, like, who you are, what you stand for, and what you have to gain. It really takes a strong person to live in our world today, Jackie. It does. It really does. And even for the young man and young woman that is growing up, even though they have parents who have moral values and standards and try to teach them what is right and not to make the same mistake that they have made, every person, and I say every person because it's true, every person is going to do what they're not supposed to do. Even Paul said that. 
I know I shouldn't do what I shouldn't do. I know I shouldn't do what I'm not supposed to do, but I can't help but to do what I'm not supposed to do. Well, I think that if people start to try to live within the word of God, I think people need to read more scriptures. I think I think that's even more important than, than going to church on a regular basis. Learn what the word says, because Study. I think, yes, I think that is transformational. And if you're uh, unbalanced or excessive in one area, the word can actually prune you. You know, it can little by little change certain aspects of your your personality and your behavior patterns, mm -hmm. you know, to make you more in line with, with realizing that, that sex should be really uh, partaked in for love. You know, it it's just, forbidden yes. until you're married. Yeah. It's forbidden. And a lot of people like, as you mentioned, yes, um, we can use the Bible to really edify, you know, our, our spiritual life. Um, fasting is something that I feel is so important and so necessary because if you can abstain from food and pray, if you can abstain from television, if you can abstain from your phone, if you can abstain from sex, you're on a path to recover yourself because fasting of anything that is distracting is healthy for you. Fasting from anything that is distracting is going to save your life. But that's the thing that people don't want to tune anything out. Like if you talk about pornography, people have distractions all around them. And, and that's what I think they are used to. They're used to having things that move them away from wanting to even know God or even to focus on spirituality. They don't want any limitations. They don't want anything that compromises their freedom or that tries to change or alter their identity. People are so caught up in this sense of, you know, I'm living my truth. I'm trying to be real with mm -hmm. myself. And, and these terms, I mean, what do they really mean? Like yeah. when you say be real with yourself, who's setting the standard of telling you what's real? What's valuable? What's yeah, what important? Yeah, what is your real? Who, yeah, what is your real? I mean, you hear these terms or, or you know, you hear these these parents who I'm living are my already, best life. Yeah, who are already uh, labeling and making a life for their kids based on gender values and different things when the child hasn't even grown up and experienced life. Exactly. To find out who they are or what they think or anything, you know. There, there's such a misguided sense here. And, and I'm saying to myself that, that people have to get a little bit more mature mm -hmm. and they have to see that the mistakes and the failings they have that, you know, that they can, um, they can change their thinking. And I, I think a big problem today, Deb, is, is human uh, conformity. We've got to believe that imitating people or following people oh, or setting, setting our standards by how others live has, we've got to throw that out the window. That's nonsense because we're choosing to admire and to copy people who are deeply flawed. Yes. Deeply flawed. Yeah. And they're setting bad examples for us. You know, we serve a God of surplus, not deficit. Okay. If we're going to think infantile thoughts and we're going to act out of pure selfishness, then we're not going to get the best that God has for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to get rid of these bad habits and we've got to be able to say, God, change me. Help me to change, even if it's little by little. Let me take control of my flesh. Let me eliminate this appetite to be a constant sinner. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to learn. I want to move little by little closer to the word of God. You well, know? you have to acknowledge, yeah. first of all, that you have sinned and you have sinned against God. And I think a lot of people are nowhere near, you know, admitting that they're sinners. You know, um, as Isaiah 118 
to 20. I love this because this is such a, 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 a sinner's uh, quote here. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, that that is almost opening the door to say that, you know, why is there that great phrase that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking yeah. whom he, he may devour? You set up the circumstances to be devoured and to be destroyed and exploited and humiliated, you know, by, by some of the behavior patterns you have. Sometimes it's not always that simple because people can can have very bad issues in their background and things that that make them, you know, uh, more open to being uh, manipulated sexually. But for the most part, we have a lot of control over our behavior and our habits if we choose to move our life in a more positive spiritual direction. We I, can set new perimeters, you know, that, that change a lot of things and improve our quality of life. And I believe it doesn't matter. I know we're talking about, you know, adultery and fornication, but it's just under sin itself, you know, whether it's sex murder it doesn't matter what sin you know god promised to refine his people similar to the way that metal is purged with with lye is a, is a is a melting pot you know the process involves melting the metal and skimming off the impure slag that, that's what i'm using that word pruning you know that's almost what it is you know the way you would prune a tree yeah. you know take off the dead parts get rid of the dead branches you know all the things that are not producing life that are not giving you uh you know making you fruitful in exactly. the right way you know prune them down change them and you don't just do this overnight as we say this is a process. little by little little yeah. by little you so we, chip away exactly we must be willing to submit to god allowing yeah. him to remove our sins so that we might reflect his image yeah and it's so important that we do that i mean like i said the other day i was you know roaming through the internet and you would not believe how many celebrities married ones and and single ones who have sex, unprotected sex, and end up with so much STDs. Like Hollywood is full of people with STDs. Even the beautiful ones that you see on a daily basis, you think they're clean, but they're not. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Cheated in their marriage, fornicating. And these are the things that God is trying to warn us not to do. You know? That's why he said your body is a temple. Yeah. And that, those are important words. Like that, that should be taught to every boy and girl from the time they're a baby. Keep that word in their head. Your body's a temple. Yep. You do not, you do not fornicate with it. You do not mess with it. You do not put anything that is no tap. You do, you keep it holy. Yeah. You keep it holy. Holy and mm -hmm. acceptable. And not to mention your mind and your heart. You know what I mean? The Bible said the heart is deceitfully wicked, but the mind is where the enemy lives. You know, and, and when he, he comes in there, he lives there. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, you might be sitting there reading your Bible and all of a sudden you're having thoughts of a naked woman. Like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? So yeah. he knows how to prune you. He knows how to get into you. But you have to also ask. Well, he lives to make the word of God yeah. seem invalid. Like, or a lie. You know, that you cannot trust what the word of God says. So, you know, the role of the devil is basically to make anything that God stands for appear false and uh, 
something that you you can't uh, base your life on. Well, as I was talking to a friend this morning, I said, "You you better remember this. Sin is the devil. Sin is the devil. So when you sin, just know who you're doing it for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is good and there is bad, and you know what the good represents, and you know what the bad is. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. But at the end of the day, we're all going to make choices that is either going to make us, break us, or kill us. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we choose God, trust me, we would have so much more to live for. We would, Our life will be extending. It's almost like a, an insurance policy we're taking out on ourselves. You know? There is, there, there is no, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I agree. You know, knowing God uh, and knowing what it means to value yourself as a sexual being, it means nurturing your soul. You know, it really is a way to say, don't be a conformist, you know, don't be addicted to what others say and think. You want to be pleasing to God. That's your number one priority. And that's what will make you whole mentally, phys physically, spiritually, and sexually. Yeah. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And when in doubt, just leave it out. That's what I say. You know, don't go looking for things that you have no business looking for because then you, when you find it, trust me, that's a tunnel that you may not be able to recover from, you know? So basically we're talking to parents. We're talking to husbands. We're talking to wives, cherish your wife, cherish your husband. And it doesn't matter when, if there's a problem, instead of talking to people, talk to God, you know, instead of talking to that woman at the co at the coffee shop or at the water cooler, Talk to God. Don't let people in on your business because they're going to use it against you. And a lot of people right now are ruining lives and ruining marriages because now when they start having conversation with you, they're recording you, you know, they're, they're, they're threatening you, they're blackmailing you. If you don't do this, I'm gonna, your wife is going to know, your husband's going to know. Why put yourself in that position? Why put yourself in the position? If you say you love your wife and you say you love your husband, you should be protecting that person. That's what love is. That's what God love is. God love is to protect us. And your love should be protecting the person you say you love. You know what I'm saying? Well, very good, Deb. Yeah, well said. Because that is not how a lot of people live. People are living to exploit others for their own gain and advantage. Yeah, it's so either you're is... with, you're for that person or you're yeah. against that person. Yep. But if you say you marry me for better or for worse, till death do a spot, that means you're supposed to protect me. You're supposed to have my back because God does not leave us halfway. That's right. He goes all the way. It's all or nothing. Yep. All or nothing. And if you marry this woman and say, you're the only woman I'm going to be sleeping with, or you're the only man I'm going to be sleeping with, you're the only man that's going to breathe in my face, you're the only man that's going to be in my thought, let it be so. Yep. Let it be so. Don't make promises you can't keep. That's right. And if you're a young person, don't feel pressured to have sex. Yeah. I think that's extremely important. Realize that you have value with God first. And what that means is that God is always with you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. Yeah. And even as a single person, a lot of people have to get this message too, because single people are sometimes pressured because they're single. People are always introducing you to someone. They're always telling you, you should be mm -hmm. part of a relationship. You should be doing this. And sometimes just to uh, please people, people will marry the wrong person or get yeah. involved with the wrong person just because they think that it's their time that they should make a move in one direction. And it may not be right for themselves. You've got to know that your choices are right with God and that makes them right with you. Yeah. yeah. No, we're not saying relationship is ever going to be perfect, 
But you know where perfection comes? Perfection comes in the trust and the love that you have for each other. Yep. That's where it comes. Because you can live, there is no success without failure. Yep. Right? And there's no happiness without sadness. So you really got to pick your apples. You got to wash them, dry them, and set them out because somebody else will do it for you. And if that person step in, which we know he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, you won't have nothing left. So we hope this segment really, you know, captures the essence of the life that you want versus the life that you think you need. Yeah. Or the life that you've sadly been living. Yes. But you can change and, and make tremendous improvements by just realizing that your goal should be to move closer to God. Yeah. To uh, get rid of the idols and the things that are limit limiting your life and compromising you sexually. And last but not least, you know, that's why the Bible said you need to be with someone who is spiritually grounded as you. Because to be with someone of an uneven yoke, it's it's not a good thing. Because you can't expect to be with a man who's, who doesn't believe in God and think that he's going to be changed because you are. No, that could be destructive and end very quickly. So... There's only three things. You either you either wait until God provides someone for you, but if you're going to choose someone you already have that person in your life, make sure you and him are on the same level. Yep, All well right. said. My name is Deborah. And my name is Jackie.